0: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers.
1: It is Holden with Visa. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers and it is the end of the Nuggets season we'll recap that we'll talk about the great nikola Jokic. where the nuggets go from here the nfl draft is tonight i've got my broncos bets they pick 64th that'll be tomorrow unless they move up i don't think they're gonna have a pick tonight plus i got bets there i tailed a couple of picks connor allen from four for four was on the show we'll recap those and a buddy of mine from run pure bets Going to tail one of his picks and let you know what that is. Uh, Melvin Gordon's back, so let's project what Javante is going to be doing and Melvin's going to be doing this year. And also the Colorado sports betting handle. How much money is bet on each sport in the United States of America? And then we narrow it down to Colorado. And in the U.S., the NBA is the second most bet on sport. That's right behind the NFL. Well, it's the same thing here in Colorado. People love betting on the NBA. So we'll get into that a little later on. But let's start with the Nuggets. First of all, thank you very much for a fun and a profitable season. The Warriors beat Denver 102-98. They took the series in five games. Now, the Joker had 30 points, 19 rebounds, 8 assists last night. He averaged 31 13 And 5.8 assists on 57.5% field goal shooting. Nobody in the history of the game has led their team in points, rebounds, assists, and field goal percentage in the same playoff series. So that's the first thing on Jokic. Second of all, to all you jabronis that were calling out Jokic after game one and game two. This guy doesn't deserve the MVP. This guy isn't good. This, that, this, that. Not only did he do... Just yeoman's work in 32 minutes. Again, 30, 19, and 8. He did it on a bad hamstring, okay? And that hamstring was bad coming into the game. So for those of you that want to continue to hate on Jokic, by all means do so. But you've got no merit. you got nothing to build it on. This guy is the best player in the National Basketball Association. Okay. And Draymond Green's going to agree with you on that one. Or agree with me. Um But let's get to the rest of this thing. We'll get back to Jokic in a second because there's some good news on him going forward. Uh, Boogie Cousins. Thank you, Cousins. He was terrific last night, 19 and 15. I really hope Cousins is back. At the time when they signed him, remember it was a bunch of 10-day contracts. They just needed somebody to get in the game when Jokic was out of the game. And what we saw Cousins do was take a game over last night. We saw that a few times this season. You're going to need a big to back up Jokic. And I think Cousins has a lot of the skill sets that Jokic has. Obviously, he's not close to being as great as Jokic. Even in his prime with Sacramento, he wasn't nearly as great as Jokic is. But I hope he's back. I thought he brought a lot, believe it or not, because his reputation, he's a hothead. He gets a lot of ejections and technical fouls. And that's true. But the guys in the locker room loved him and said he was a leader. So I think that's big. I hope he's back. Aaron Gordon. I mean, you talk about Aaron Gordon the first half. He was the guy that everybody needed him to be. He needed to be that second scorer. He had 15 points in the first half. But what happened in the second half? 0 for 3. He didn't score any points. He was scoreless. So this is the issue. When you don't have your second and third leading scorers, you're pushing guys into roles that they shouldn't be in. And Gordon was great. Again, attack, 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 rebounds, putbacks, layups, dunks, free throw line. He did everything you needed him to do in the first half. But where did he go offensively in the second half? I don't know. I guess it was more Boogie Cousins and everybody else. (laughs) But, you know, Gordon just disappeared. That was shocking. But kudos to him for that first half. You, You need more out of him going forward. And I think that... Well, you're not going to need as much from a scoring perspective going forward, I should say. Unless Porter doesn't come back. Unless Porter's not healthy. And that's possible, but very inconsistent here with Aaron Gordon. In the series, too. You know, the first two games, he did nothing. Second two games at home, he was great. First half last night was a a microcosm. Last night was a microcosm of his series. And you don't want to have to rely on him as the number two scorer. But he just couldn't get it done in the second half and things slipped away from the Nuggets late. I'm not putting it on Aaron Gordon. I'm just making an observation here. He was nowhere to be found in the second half. Uh, Something else that hurt this team? I I told you I wanted Gordon on pool to start the game. Didn't see too much of that. I thought Rivers needed to be in this game to stop Steph Curry, and unfortunately, unfortunately, um, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. He got injured too. So he had that injury on top of it. You're already completely depleted. And I think he would have guarded Steph, uh, Steph and would have had a lot more success. I'm not saying that Steph doesn't get his numbers because that guy gets his numbers no matter what. He's healthy. He was healthy for the first time in a long time because remember, he sat out the last couple of weeks of the regular season, at least the last couple of weeks. Of the regular season he was he was not feeling too good came off the bench first three games first right first four games maybe and then on top of that on top of everything else with steph they bring out the death lineup and the death lineup really didn't do that well the nuggets held in there uh, in the first half it was the second half that got him and ultimately you know, Jokic was still great but The hammy was bothering him, and he just wasn't getting help from a second scorer. Like, the top two scorers were not in at the same time, with the exception of Monte Morris. Monte Morris actually had a pretty good game. Monte Morris uh, had a pretty good game in that game number four. Where did he go in game number five? That's the question. Where did Monte Morris go? Where did Aaron Gordon go in the second half? Where did Will Barton go? Because, again, you had Jokic with 30. Cousins with 19. They're not on the floor at the same time. Gordon carried him in the first half, but nobody in the second half. You know, Bart went 5 for 13. Morris went 5 of 12. 10 of 25. Not going to get it done. They only had two performers last night from the start to finish. Two performers and then Aaron Gordon for a half. So tough for them to get that done on that level. What else from last night's game? Let me see here. Team shot 6 of 29 from 3 fact that they lost by four points and they only went six to 29, that was impressive. Curry had 30. Poole was limited to eight points. Great adjustment by Malone to shut him down in games three through five. You know, this is all about adjustments. And there's, a, I don't want to say a lot of you, there's enough of you that don't like Michael Malone, that don't think he's a good coach. Rotations are bad. The in-game coaching's bad. Well, I'll tell you this. The, the in-series adjustments, after getting blown out by Poole, maybe it took them it took them a game too long, but once they came back here, they shut down Poole. And that was extraordinarily important. That might have been the biggest adjustment that there was why they could win game four and actually how they hang in there, hung in there in game five. And they had a shot at game two, too. Let's talk about Jokic for a sec. Back to those numbers: 31-13, 5.8 assists, 57 and a half field goals. That 5.8 assists is the interesting one. He broke through for eight last night. But that's the big thing that Steve Kerr decided to take away. The facilitating ability. The ability to be a playmaker with the assists. We saw gorgeous pass after gorgeous pass after gorgeous pass last night from Jokic. But more often than not, it didn't lead to points. There was the behind the backer to Aaron Gordon late. And Gordon didn't know what to do with the ball. I think he was surprised. There was the under the bucket, no look. I think it was to green under the bucket who threw it out for three. That didn't go down. He was still spectacular and tons of respect for the Joker after the game. I've detailed this story plenty of times on the show where Draymond green called out Jokic a couple of years ago, said he wasn't good on defense. And then the year later, Jokic comes up to green. Green's like, you're better on defense. And Jokic goes, thank you because I listened to you and that helped me get better. Well, more respect from Draymond after the game. Here's what he had to say about his series against Jokic. You
0: know, they're a tough team, and they're going to go to Joker. Uh, we all know that. But in saying that, you can, you can know it, and you still have to stop it. Um, absolutely incredible player. Uh, it's the reason he was the MVP last year, and that's the, probably the reason he's going to be MVP again this year. I mean, it was absolutely amazing to play against him. He made me better, and I'm very thankful to have that matchup to continue to improve myself as a basketball player. And, and how good does it feel not to guard Nikola
1: Jokic anymore the
0: rest of the playoffs? <laughs> That was tough. Every time I see him running down the floor, it's like, oh, my God, here it go again. So <laughs> I'm absolutely uh, thankful and excited to be done with him. He's been, I mean, like I said before, he's a great player. But, you know, I had help from some great guys. Looney uh, throwing his body at him for some minutes, which gave my legs a rest. And then everybody. When you guard a guy like that, it's, it's not an individual effort. It's an absolute team effort. But, man, he's, he's an incredible player.
1: And thanks to NBC Bay Area for that. Uh, also, after the game, Jokic on the super max offer coming his way. If offers on the table, of course I'm gonna accept it because I really like the organization. I think we have something that we are building. True. And he also said he's getting to Serbia as quick as possible, but he's staying around. Don't worry about it. They're gonna give him the chunk of change, and he's sticking around. And you're right. There, there is something brewing here. There's something building with the Nuggets, and next year. I think that the expectation is going to be you run through the conference finals and you get into the finals. I mean, winning it is one thing. Getting through the Western Conference has got to be the number one goal here because you're going to have Jokic, Murray. I'm I am not counting on MPJ. I think you'll have you'll so you'll have another year of bones. We'll see what moves they make this offseason, if a draft pick can come in and help them out. But That Murray return is just expected to change everything. Again, I can't go into the season, though, thinking Porter Jr. is going to add anything. He's just hurt way too often. Way too often. A couple other things then, right? Uh, Do the Nuggets win that series with Murray and MPJ? A healthy Michael Porter Jr.? Maybe. I, I don't think they do just with Murray. I think that series goes seven. You got a number, a consistent number two scorer on that team would have been a hell of a nice thing to have, right? Hell of a nice thing. Then you move guys down the bench and they don't have to play as much. But I think with Murray, they lose it in seven. With a healthy Porter Jr., there's a good chance, you know, now looking back at the series, taking a step back, healthy MPJ, that they could have won that series. I really believe it. Interesting note here that Michael Malone says he couldn't sleep one night during the series. And he watched Jamal Murray highlights from the bubble. (laughs) So he couldn't sleep during the series. He said he wakes up. Let me just pop in uh, and watch Jamal Murray from a couple of years ago. I'll say this. Malone's got to be frustrated with Murray. The whole organization's got to be frustrated with Murray. I get it. This guy mentally cannot get over the hump. You don't want to put him out there to get injured. But he has been cleared by the doctors for quite some time now. And there's no doubt that there are people in the front office that are frustrated, and there's no doubt that there are people in this organization that think they would've gotten past Golden State if Jamal Murray sucked it up. But it didn't happen. He deserves criticism. He does. If you're physically ready to go, by all means, get your butt out there. But on the other hand, I also understand it's a mental issue, and those are very tough hurdles to clear. The thing that bothers me the most, I guess, is that he didn't just say, I'm shutting it down. Like, why didn't he do that? Why didn't he just say, I'm shutting it down? Leave, just close the door. Who knows what he was saying behind closed doors? Did Jokic know he wasn't playing? But why didn't they just shut the door on it? I'm not playing this year. He just was never clear with us. His feelings got hurt. He came out on Twitter. He's like, you don't know how bad I want to get out there. But he didn't get out there. So he deserves a little criticism for that. I don't think so. But I also understand the, the situation that he's in. Uh, I, I also think you need to remember earlier in the season when there's a lot of us. I remember having Nate Kreckman on. We were saying, is this team even going to make the play-in game? Is this team even going to make the play-in game? That's how bad that they were playing at the beginning of the season. And that was with Porter Jr. I mean, the, the start of the year was just... <sighs> I say, dare I say, God awful, <laughs> right? They lost to, um, or actually, they beat the Suns opening night. I remember that. They got off to a nice little start here. They lost uh, two in a row. It was the Cavs and the Jazz after getting off to the nice start. And then uh, back-to-back losses against the Grizzlies. Porter Jr. goes down. It was a decent start now that I look back on it, but... Once Porter went down, they lost to the Sixers. They lost to the Bulls. They lost to the Suns, the Blazers, the Bucks. It was that five-game losing streak that really had everybody nervous. And they lost six of seven, too. So the beginning of the year was rough after a nice start. I'm glad they turned it around. They made it exciting. I'm really happy about this. I'm really happy about what happened this year. It could have been absolutely miserable. Absolutely miserable without Murray and MPJ. I'm going to grade the season out as a B. You don't want to get too excited because they only lasted five games in the first round. But the fact of the matter is Jokic got better. He's an MVP again. Bones Highland was a revelation. Gordon had to step up from time to time. Barton had to step up from time to time. These guys were just put in situations that they shouldn't have been in as scorers. As the number two and three scorers. Shouldn't have been like that. They won the 6th seed. Check out some of the guys that started this year. They won the 6th seed with Faku, Campazzo Rivers, and Jeff Green starting at times this year. And that's just awful. So I'm going to give him a B. I had fun one more time. I had a lot of fun. Hopefully this Jokic plus 650 MVP bet pays off. and There'll be a big, 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 big smile on my face. And hopefully you tailed that pick. And we can all make some money together. That was number one on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Now it's time to get to number two on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. We got the NFL draft tonight. But first, the Broncos bets on Bet Rivers. I will give them to you one more time. The The first bet I placed was the Broncos to go defense with their first selection. And that was at minus 125. I told you, you hit that at minus 125. Uh, was it last week or the week before? Well, that's sitting at minus 167 now. So I'm not saying it's too late for you to get in. I, I really feel great against about the bet. I love that the CLV, that's closing line value. We're gonna get a great number on that. My threshold is right around 130. Like I don't want to lay more than 130 to win a bet. But if you're like me and you feel really, really confident about it. You want to get in at minus 167. Just remember, you got to bet 167 bucks to win 100. But I still feel excellent about that going defense with their first selection on Bet Rivers at minus 167. A little too much juice for me. What about you? Uh, also, first selection to be a linebacker is sitting at plus 250. We hit it at plus 300. So better CLV there too. Uh, like I said, Baron Browning said he's only learning the edge rusher spot. And he's fine with that. And to me, the question was, do they go edge rusher or inside linebacker? And if they're already going to fill that need with Browning, then I think they go inside linebacker. Now, crazy things can happen, okay? Crazy. Let's say, like, the best cornerback out there is sitting, and Peyton needs to move up 10 spots to get the guy that he thinks can be the number two guy right along, Patrick Sertan, for the next six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Well, things will change. It's very fluid in the draft, which is why I love betting it live. Love betting the draft live. But I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm getting three to one on this thing being a linebacker, on this pick being a linebacker, plus 250 is what you get it at right now. I'm fine with that. So not too late to tail that one. Who do I think they take? I still think they take Chad Muma, and they might have to move up to get him. But I still think they take him. He's the kid out of Wyoming. He just kept popping in mock drafts. He kept popping in a lot of the stories that I'm reading. Again, I think they might have to trade up to get him, and they might do that. He was a finalist for the Butkus Award, football's, college football's best linebacker. He was great at the Senior Bowl, the Combine. He ran a 4'6", 340. That's terrific. He's four 240. I think he'd be perfect inside with Josie Jewell here. And he's a Lone Tree guy, too. He's a local guy. Let's move on to number three on the Front Range four. The four biggest sports stories in sports. That will be, or in the Front Range. That's going to be the other draft picks. The other draft pick bets that we have. Okay, and I, I tailed. A pair of cornerback props from Connor Allen, 4 for 4. If you go back and you want to listen to that show, just look it up. It was last week. We talked about the draft bets. And here are the cornerback props that I tailed. And I highly recommend you do, too. Derek Stingley, cornerback at LSU to be drafted in the top 10 at minus 110. Bet Rivers. His grandpa was actually paralyzed in a preseason game when he uh, played for the Pats. Jack Tatum of the Raiders hit him in the head. Giant Seahawks, Texans linked to him. I like this pick. Derek Stingley, top 10, minus 110. Kyler Gordon, another cornerback to go in the first round at plus 125. Linked to the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the back end of the draft. So just be patient. I love this pick, too. I'm getting plus money on Kyler Gordon. When you've got the Chiefs and the Bengals that need cornerback help, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Kyler Gordon. First round plus 125 bet rivers. So let's go to the one that I tailed from run pure bets, which, to be transparent, I work with. First round total of wide receivers drafted. Under 6.5, you're usually going to get this number between 120 and minus 130. Minus 120, minus and minus 130. There is another great wide receiver class. seems like we talk about this every other year. We have a great wide receiver class. Um, How about a couple of years ago, we had a great wide receiver class, 2020. They only had six chosen that year. Last year, five. There have not been over six in the last, what, six years? You haven't seen seven wide receivers go. So you've got a lot of team with those needs to a lot of teams. The Jets could go for one, okay? They got two first-round picks, the Eagles, Saints, Chiefs, Packers, okay? They all need wide receivers. One, two, three, four. Those are the four big teams. Maybe we get one slipping in there to make it number six. We also could have a lot of trades. I saw where the amount of trades on draft day is five and a half, which is astronomical. I mean, DK Metcalf could get dealt. Who knows who's getting dealt here? But I think we get less than seven wide receivers picked, too. Under six and a half, somewhere between minus 120 and minus 130. Number four on the front range four. The four biggest stories on the front range. Melvin Gordon returning to the Broncos for another year. Good move. I like it. 29 years old. So he doesn't have too much left in those legs. Maybe another... Know, two three seasons at most he's still he's still effective though he was eighth in pff rushing grade at 83.4 he was eighth in forced missed tackles at 45 and javante is a guy who's just the best at missing tackles and he also had the sixteenth most touches at 231 so he was the starter last year williams was 13th in touches so he had a few more at 246 about fourteen point six per game, and I think that that number goes up. Okay, let me give you let me, let me give you some sound here from Justin Outen, the uh, the new offensive coordinator for the Broncos, and this is what he had to say about having Gordon back with Javante this year. It's kind of almost a feel of a game. It's a, kind of a similar situation we had in Green Bay with a, you know,
0: a speeder guy and then a downhill guy, and you just want to utilize those guys. And so it's a long season. You don't want to bang them up. You want to do, and be smart with them and just you know, use their strengths and, and put them
1: out on the field and, and make them work. So we're excited to have both those guys. So, yeah, he's familiar with Green Bay, and I think we see a lot like that. Now, I do think that we get Williams' touches from about 246 to about 270, 280. I think it goes up. I would like to actually see them closer to 260, 270, just because of the possibility that this team could make a run of the playoffs, and you don't want him sitting there, you know, at 325 tackles. That's just absolutely silly, and it's reckless, and it's irresponsible. And I think what we see now is these guys trying to, you know, save some of the running backs' bodies in some cases. But let's go back to Green Bay then. Let's see what they did in Green Bay last year. Aaron Jones was the one. Dylan was the two. They had just about the same amount of carries. Jones 11.4, Dylan 11. They had uh, targets per game. 65 for Jones. Dylan had 37. I think Javante and Melvin Gordon are both better than Dylan in catching the ball. Uh, 65 targets for Jones, 52 receptions, 37 targets for Dillon, 34 receptions. So you're looking at about four targets per game for Jones. And he got about 15 touches per game. I think so. We, we go back to last year. He had four, Javante Gerv- had 14 touches per game. If you bump that up to 16 per game over 17 games. He gets 272 touches. So I think that's just where we are. I know fantasy football fans, you want to take Javante number one overall. You're excited about it. Uh, I think he sits more in the running back five or six, seven discussion, probably closer to seven. And my projections on the high end, I I talked to a few people, Jared Evans from Pro Football Focus, a few other guys. I got him at 1,300 yards total and 11 touchdowns. Spectacular season, but that's what I got. Javante picked for next season. Uh, The other thing that was interesting, the question was, uh, Javante and Gordon, are they now the best running back duo in the league? I'm not going to go that far. I mean, that might be a little bit over the top to say that they're the best because the Browns have Chubb and Hunt. And I I think that is the best backfield. The Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. You know, Madison, not as good as Cook, but he could start – Probably 12 to 15 teams in the NFL. Yeah, I believe that. So they got two starters there. I think the, you know, we we look at the Packers and if they're going to handle this much, if they're going to handle the Broncos the much way in the way that they handled the Packers since we got the same coaching staff. I mean, I could see them being the top duo between rushing yards, receiving yards and touchdowns. But for now, I'd put the Browns ahead of them. I'd put the Vikings ahead of them, and I think they're right there with the Packers. Probably you know, tied for third. Third or the fourth best running back room in the NFL. Don't forget about Mike Boone, the former Viking there. Okay, that is the Front Range Four, the four biggest stories on the Front Range. I'm going to wrap this show up in just a moment, talking about how much Colorado loves betting on the NBA, and how much we bet in the month of March? It's a fun little discussion. Talk about it next. Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least twenty-five dollars, and you will earn a ten-dollar free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. How much does Colorado love betting on the National Basketball Association? We'll see where it goes from here. But even with March Madness, and it was, what, the last two weeks of March Madness? The NBA still just the king here when it's not NFL season 218.4 million dollar total handle and handle is just the amount of money that was put in there the amount of money that was bet that's a huge number 218.4 wow college basketball just shy of 97 million I am going to be fascinated to see the April numbers. Because that'll be the final four. But that's only going to be three games that were bet. Although one of those games was Duke and North Carolina. And then the championship game. I mean, they got 18 million plus viewers for both of those games. So I'm fascinated to see where college basketball ended up <clears throat> Excuse me, in the month of April. So 218 plus for the NBA. 96.9 million for college basketball. And by the way... Let's go back a year, March of 2021. The NBA generated $107 million. Now it's 218.4. You think there's some more betters, some newer betters here in Colorado? I think so. And in 2022, even with the playoffs and the Super Bowl, Colorado, right? Number one sports betting, uh, sport bet is uh, pro basketball still. Amazing. Amazing. Ice hockey. Distant 3rd in March, a little more than $26 But it's still being bet, and I'm interested to see where the NHL and Major League Baseball are once we get the April numbers, too. The first month of baseball here. Does it beat ice hockey? Because the Rockies, they're kind of an afterthought. The avalanche in the mix to win the whole thing. So that'll be interesting to see. So here's how March went one more time. NBA, college basketball, hockey... Tennis and soccer. Tennis, man, tennis is just still huge. Tennis is still huge to bet on. Internationally, it might be the most bet on sport there is. If it's not that, it's soccer, it's right there. And it's number four here, so it is generating some money. Soccer as well. You yeah, had golf at number six. And then we gotta talk about my favorite sport that I still, I think i bet on it twice. Uh, tennis, table tennis, yeah. It's our favorite niche sport here in Colorado. Uh, It's going down, though. Only $1.3 million in wagers in March. So they had $7.3 million in February. Everybody just forgot about it in March. I wonder if it drops out of the top 10. But I can't wait for April to come out. The April numbers. Because NBA playoffs, the championship there, the Final Four, the final month of the NFL. Woo! We got some... Very, very, very fun things that we are going to be looking at when the handle comes out next month. Uh, Last but not least, didn't give you any Rockies odds today because by the time this thing drops, the Rockies will have already started. They'll look to avoid the sweep against the Phillies. And like I told you, I'm staying away from betting on the Avalanche. They've lost four of five. They are coming off a victory over the Blues, but it's a meaningless game tonight at home at ball. You've got the Predators, Nashville visiting town. And the lines, Colorado puck line, they got to win by two or more goals, minus 106, minus 275 on the money line, six and a half as the total. For me, that is just a complete, complete stay away situation. All right, thanks so much for hanging out here today. If you got any questions about the NFL draft or you're betting it live, hit me up on Twitter, at Holden Radio. If you get a couple of minutes, maybe one minute, Give me a five-star review and a nice little word or two on how great the show is. I would really appreciate it. Thanks to our producer Steven, I'm Holden. Catch you tomorrow on the Denver City Cast. Presented by Bet Rivers.